Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Khalil Wanda in the building. And I'm Agard. Everybody listening on NiceUpRadio.com and all the podcast platforms in the world. Thank you for tuning in. All right, yeah. Where are we at today, Khalil? Today, we got, of course, the Tastemaker segment. That's coming up at the tail end. Before that, you're going to hear a conversation that we had with one of the successful music industry execs from the golden era of dancehall and reggae music. And hip-hop. And hip-hop. I was going to say that this is somebody who did both. This gentleman by the name of Neil Robertson is one of the people that was in the rooms working with the artists. He was cutting the deals. He was negotiating and he was influencing and we had a chance to talk to him. We're not even going to name drop right now on the intro of the show. You got to stay tuned to hear this. Shout out to Neil. Thank you again for gracing us with your presence. And you know, I believe this was his uh, first legit interview, you know, because he's usually the man behind the scenes making it happen. But, you know, I thought that, you know, during these times we needed some insight as to like what was happening back then and what's, you know, versus what's happening now. So thank you again, Neil. We appreciate you, brother. You want to understand this industry, this music. You want to know what's good. You want to know what's bad or you want to stay away from what's bad. Maybe, maybe you do. You know, one of the things we're dedicated to doing is educating and entertaining and and promoting reggae music worldwide. So some of the guests that are on this show, you know, they're not going to be the guests that are on other shows. They're not going to be the people you hear on every podcast on the circuit. These are going to be people that we know personally, we have worked with. These are going to be people that recognize and appreciate the work that we're putting in. So it's a beautiful thing when we get to sit down and peel back the layers of the onion and open the curtains and let you in. So this is the episode that we like to call Behind the Scenes. And here we go. So we're here joined by a music industry executive on the show with us, Mr. Neil Robertson. Welcome to Reggae Lover. Yo, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time out to, to be with us tonight. You know, in this um, podcast, we talk a lot about getting in the rooms. And we appreciate the fact that you're one of the first people that we can actually have on the show that actually has been in the rooms. I've been, you know I've been in a lot of rooms. So just tell our audience a little bit about you. I'm really an A&R in all things. Mm-hmm. I was blessed to have a passion to get into this thing and fortunate to come at a, at a pivotal, pivotal time in music. You know what I mean? I got in in 93 mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I got in in 93, but I started doing A&R uh, 95 with, with uh, first start when I joined Island Records and I launched Beanie Man's career, Luciano's career. And, you know, we, I never signed Sizzler, which, you know, I can I can actually honestly tell you why I never signed Sizzler. Okay, but um, we can get into that in a minute. But but um, I was instrumental. Like Sizzler was part of Luciano's team. He's part of the whole Exterminator team. So I was blessed to meet a very young like damn it Sizzler. He's probably about seventeen years old, and he was counting records. You want to talk about being whiskey screen starting a room? He was counting records in um, Fattest Burrell's, um 
living room, really, really an adjacent room that, that Fattis had commandeered and had all this exterminated seven inches and ran his business out of. Anyway, I met SZA as a young kid in that room and then got to just see him develop from like a kid count records to probably to, to in my mind, one of the greatest ever out of Jamaica. Yeah, definitely. And one of the most original artists ever to do it. And if you really think about what he does, he's one of the most original ever to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like I said, I worked with Beanie Man in early days. Like, you know, if you meet Beanie Man, Beanie Man will tell you that um, that he launched my career and I launched his career. We were both like mad young and I was doing really marketing, but I was everything. I was like a one-man label manager at Island. But like I said, I launched Beanie Man, got him on the road from the days when Beanie Man thought they going on tour, was coming up for the weekend and playing like a show in the Bronx mm. and one maybe in Hartford and then go back home. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm put him on a tour bus and, and launched him to the overall music industry, you know, figured out what singles to work and, you know, established him, you know, at a time when, when actually hip hop and hip hop and dancehall were closer in that time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, especially for us go in New York, you know what I mean? Every party was hip hop. It was dancehall. It was house. And it would just rotate, you know what I mean? Like every 20 minutes, you just rotate every hour and just be like spinning through that cycle of songs. So like I said, it was an interesting time. You know, I got to see from the early days of the golden era, you know, through through the through to the end of it. You know what I mean? And to this transition that we're in right now. Yeah, was, yeah. What what was the end of it? Well, the end of it was was uh Napster and Limewire. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? That pretty much that pretty much ended that era just because, you know, within two years of Napster and Limewire hitting the market, labels couldn't afford to put out records anymore. And they couldn't put out they couldn't afford to to fund um departments and pay guys like me good money to go and sit in rooms and say, you know, I'm gonna make this record and you know i need a half a million dollar budget and i need like 200 grand to shoot a video like you know when you can't monetize the thing when everyone started getting it for free on napster and limewire you know it took the labels about two years to figure out that they were in some deep trouble yeah and, and after that everybody started getting cut right and then and, and then uh genres like reggae kind of fall by the wayside you know yeah right. yeah i mean reggae was always here's the stuff and reggae was always Reggae is something, and, and Jamaican arts is something that only certain people can deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons I got a job at Island to work to, and, and got a chance to, like, launch Island Jamaica worldwide with, with Beanie and Lucy and, like, Sly Dunbar and, and Robbie had, like, crazy ball here with Beanie and Lucy on an album back then that we, we busted. But anyway, re- the reason I got there is because I was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like I could understand how to, I could understand where these artists were coming from, but I could also walk in the boardroom and like make dudes with the money understand. You know, at, at Island it was a little easier because it was Chris Blackwell and you know what I mean. Chris, Chris is Jamaican too, so like right. he he gets it and and once he saw the energy, he just you know he made sure the money was flowing so that we could we could do what we needed to do. But you know, it's it's unique situations that that reggae artists can be successful in because honestly we're, we, overall we're not the easiest people to do business with you know what i mean like yeah and and there's just a lack 
of understanding on on both sides, which is why it never it's it's unique situations that that it works. And also culturally, you know what I mean? Like black music departments where where in the nineties reggae primarily at the majors, that's where reggae would end up. Um, the guys who grew up and wanted to be in those departments didn't grow up really wanting to, to work with reggae artists per se. They grew up wanting to work, you know, if it was an older guy, it could be from the, from the, you know what I mean? From the Ohio players, Rick right. James, Michael Jackson era. If it was a younger guy, it could be from the Run DMC, EPMD era. You know what I mean? Like reggae was always cool to them, but it's not exactly what they came. They didn't come in to go do that. Right. And, it was just something that they were aware of. Yeah. They were aware of that. You know what I mean? They grew up, if you grew up in Brooklyn, you knew what, you knew what it is, but again, it wasn't their dream per se. It wasn't like, you know, again, not being, if you're not Jamaican, it's hard to, to understand how much the artists mean to the country. So that, so you have that disconnect. Right. It, like I said, it's just a unique thing. Like our guys are not, and then you have, culturally you have to understand them. You have to understand when, when they're really mad and when they're just chatting, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. definitely. You, know, you have to, it's, it's a balance to, to deal with. That's why there wasn't a lot of, you know, there's very few people that were successful with it in the nineties, even though, you know, again, we, you know, in that era, we busted a lot of great talents right. there still around today yeah but right. um, the talent is there but the disconnect is there as well the disconnect was always there and and you know the reality also for these labels is is you know it's a numbers game so if you weren't doing you know people only have so much time and if an artist isn't doing the numbers then he can't get that attention definitely and, and that's something that that is hard for a lot of people to understand and also takes you know again strong management strong like an overall strong team that understands like okay you know what like you know we can't get this attention right now because they got this other project so we got to go and do x y and z and heat our thing up so that we we can we can start getting more more focus you know? right and so, the, and the fans and the fans are concentrating on the culture but they're not necessarily knowing what's going on with the business yeah the fans yeah and the fans also are very concentrated because Again, it's the music that, that you know, you got, you got to bust out of New York. You got to bust out of Hartford. You got to bust out of Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to a lesser degree, you know, then you got to, you know, you have a shot in Atlanta and D.C. and Miami and then maybe in L.A. But the whole middle of the country is, is you know, in terms of, again, there's different music business. You yeah. know what I mean, guys? You know, there's artists that are just making me like, yo, what are you talking about, man? I've been going to Chicago forever. But you know, you're playing for like 300 people, right? You know so, what I mean? Like, yeah. So I know you touched on like that's your beginnings in the 90s. You know, bringing up Beanie Man, Luciano. You know, being involved with Sizzler. But I, I know that you've been working on stuff up until very, very oh, yeah, recent. Yeah, I mean, in more recent stuff. Yeah. Also, I mean, like I was always a cat. I was also always always doing hip hop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was short attention span. So I was like, I'd be working with working with. Beanie, Lucy, Sizzler, but then I'd also be working with, um, you know, I signed a kid called Afura, who's a, you know, part of J. Rue, the Damagers team, part mm -hmm. of the overall Gangstar family. Um, I made like three albums with RZA mm -hmm. from Wu-Tang. And then, you know, you know, again, transitioning out of that, there's a band out of um, Jamaica, a called Roots Underground that you may or may not have heard of. Mm -hmm. And then Jesse Roy. 
right, you know, right. to take to like more like what's going on currently in in the world of music today. So, like I said, man, I, I and like now I'm more. It's where I felt like I'm more into DJing and curating now than touring and busting artists because the the artist game, like everything's changed and maybe coming out of this will get me more back into into you know if i find the right artist make me feel more inclined to get back into that game but prior like the instagram thing is it's um i like the era when when people actually used to have to really listen and, and take time to like learn the business and now with the instagram thing everything's so damn immediate that it's hard to keep artists focused it's hard to, hard to keep keep artists on focused on being great because everything you put out everybody loves you know but it's the same couple people that love everything yeah it used to be slow burns and building up and now it's like what's the wave yeah there's yeah it's a whole wave it's no there's you know so that aspect of it but i think coming out of i think coming out of this maybe people slow down enough where they'll be able to 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 really embrace some real artists again because before everything was too fast and I'm noticing out of Jamaica right now, especially, and even in hip and, and in hip hop too, because I noticed J Cole just got got into it a little bit. Artists are really confused in this time as to what to do, yeah, and what and, and what to say. You know what I mean? And 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 people are getting some people are getting called out on it because it's a call out culture right now. So you know, what I mean? which which has probably made people even more shook. Right, and they don't have A and R's like they used to either. There's no more A and R's. There's no more. What, what you called me? I was like a gatekeeper. Yeah. And everybody wanted to burn down the gatekeeper, and now the floodgates are open, and you don't have, um, you don't have the great. Like, I'm not sure how many of these songs I'm hearing now. I'm gonna hear, like, 20 years from now, and I can tell you that, you know, when I talk about like Beanie Man Slam and Memories and Terrify Carmen and Sizzla crazy job like those songs are 25 26 years old and they still run right i mean sean like i'm not sure how much stuff i'm hearing now is gonna run in in 2035 right yeah yeah even 2021 man honestly even 2021 yeah you know what i'm saying so we're recording this right now in the middle of just i'll just call it a lot of turmoil so i've been sitting back and watching everybody who's got a name has been called out (laughs) in the past two, three weeks. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I'll tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement the energy of what is going on 
that book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. You got to say something. You got to have a statement. So over in the reggae camp, many of us are like, you know, you got to say something. We're the, we, we have a music that's based on revolution. Right. We have a music that's, <laughs> right. It's supposed to be. But where is the music? Where's the revolution? Where's the revolutionaries? Because... Everybody's been burning fire for so long. And now everybody's awake and ready for it. Right. And there's no, I think everyone got too media savvy. You know so what I mean? It, is it a fear is that? Yeah, you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And everybody wants to, you know what I mean? Everyone's too caught up in this whole making history instead of living. And then if, you, if, you, if you're a historical figure, you're going to get, you'll be revered as being as making history. Everybody's a legend though. Yeah, they're kind of putting the cart before the horse in a sense, right? And Everybody want to make it, like a guy don't want to say nothing unless he can make a speech on the level of Selassie or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, take a chance, say something because people want to hear yeah, I'm glad that we could have you on at this time because I know I remember you reached out because I think you saw one of the episodes we released and you sent me a message about yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the, about the, well, not not only that, but um, you know, you you had gone out to a protest, and you're you're remarking yes. about the music that was being played, and you're wondering about you know who's who's going to be the next artist, you know, especially out of Jamaica or just the Caribbean or reggae community in general, you know, that has a yep. message for us, and that's a real good question right now. Music business has always been like this. It's a music where like it's it's youth driven. It's a youth driven culture. Mm-hmm. Which is why you can have an artist like Coffee just come out and, you know what I mean? Like, people want to see somebody young, cool, with, a great, with good songs. Like, they, they're always going to be open to that. So it's going to be interesting to see who emerges because I think, you know, it's going to be some new artists that are going to just pop up and, and, and really resonate with what's going on right now. Because obviously they said, you know, there's so many that are like, that are having a hard time figuring out like where they fit in, yeah, and what what they're to put what what they're trying to put out, yeah. You know what I mean? It's wide like, open, man. I it's think wide it's, open. the fear is somewhat warranted with some of the people that have been just dragged. You know, in in like you know, you look at Buju for example. Um, well, yeah, that's interesting. People are going to give him a listen to figure out if he has a song that 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 they're going to resonate with coming out of this thing. And, mm-hmm. Listen, man, I'll never, never, never go against him, man. He's a, he's a genius. 
Like he's one of those, but he, you know, he's a man that's been doing this since 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's put in 30 years and he's still, there's a dopeness that came from that, that era. And there's a dopeness that comes from like that all the artists, you know, in reggae and in hip hop have. And, it, and it's really hard right now. I think with, I think if we had Instagram, we would it wouldn't have been so dope. I can't imagine being able to make records in an era where, where everyone's trying to like check in with their flock of fans and take pictures every day, right? And like, and and play records and show glimpses of life right before it's 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 ready, you know. So I think um, I say it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if if some you know. But there's a new formula, so it's gonna be. So I think it's gonna be somebody real young that's gonna pop up and and really connect. Okay, yeah. So what I hear you saying is that nobody that we know <laughs> right now is gonna do anything. <laughs> don't hold your. I breath. don't. I mean, don't hold no, your I wouldn't like. Here's a sip. If they were, I think we would have heard the song. Yeah. 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 This I thing, mean, we've been locked down since March. Yeah. We're in a digital era. Take two weeks to put out a tune. And the crazy thing is that the um you know there's a one song that I think has been the song so far it's um off Kabaka Pyramid's Contraband album as he put out the song I Can't Breathe um mm-hmm. and that came out like what one That was two yeah years that was for already. That was actually for a soundtrack that Walsh and some um the like snowboarders and extreme skiers did. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it's for his first soundtrack. It came out a couple years ago. Okay. Is that the one with the the marrying of the hip hop and the reggae artists, or that was something yeah. else? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was from that project. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to like you know come off this because I always coming off. I'm an A and R, so everybody wants me to love everything. No, man, speak, love. man. And, and I'm, and I'm, <laughs> like that's the problem that like most artists have always having because everybody wants me to love this, love what they do, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm not a fan. I'm an A and R. I'm always looking for what's gonna happen next. I want so much for Jamaica and for like the music that I'm. What's what's average? What's all right is never gonna be okay with me. Yeah. So I have a few questions based on your history. I mean, obviously you've been in the business for a while, and we've been scratching our heads as to what new artists right now coming out of Jamaica should be trying to do to break into you know, American or European markets or because from, from my standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. there, like you said, there has to be a level of media savviness, right? You know, and then there has to be content and then there's this, all this branding. Like, there's a lot of different boxes to check. And what we've seen recently from a lot of Jamaican artists, you know, besides a few is they're trying to keep it going on YouTube. And that's like the thing they're concentrating on. But like from your point of view, like is there a, a, a strategy? We're in a situation right now where the frequency of releases is important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because it does seem like people we're not we're not in an album culture anymore. We haven't been in an album culture in a long time. In album culture, you know, Trap Called Quest or like I said, Buju Banton or you know, Darius come out with an album. So, you know, you want to listen to it from beginning to end and you'll you'll give it a couple of days to live with it mm-hmm. you know we're we're in a singles we've been in a singles culture for a long time so in that culture artists are constantly having to to 
to put out stuff. But I think, I mean, is there anything tried and true? Is really frequency and quality of imagery is is going to get you to a certain level. But it's really about again being. Are you that? Are you that guy? Are you that girl? Like you know, everybody want to be an artist now. Yeah. You know, what I mean, not, not everybody was meant to do this. Everybody wants to do it, but not everybody's meant to do it. See, it's like it became too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it became too like. You name it, everybody's an artist. Yeah. You know, so, um, so there's a lot of, there's so much out there and there's a lot of clutter for people to get through. So, again, like, I mean, in the era, in the time we're in right now, all you really can do is, is, you know, is, is YouTube, is, you know, I'd even like to see, I think people want to see the personality, like what we're doing right now. Like, right, yeah. People who you know have opinions, having a, having an educated conversation, you know what I mean about a subject. Like, there's got to be, there's 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 that aspect of it that that people want. You know what I mean? People want to. People are taking time to to hear like old stories and learn new things. So, I think figuring out that aspect of it. Um, but then, you know, there's going to be a certain point where it really just comes down to like, have you made a great song? Is the rhythm like, you know, have you figured out what the frequency is coming out of this situation that we're in right now? Because the frequency changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like, it's going to be interesting to see who figures out what the vibration people are going to want to be on once, you know, now that we can start moving again. You know what I mean? So when you talk about frequency, you know, we've debated this as well, um, because, you know, there are different opinions um, on that. Traditionally, dance hall is like, yo, you need a song every six hours to come out, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, or else you're nothing, you know, but then now we see like people like coffee um lila ik who she's dope over the matter of like two years they have like maybe five six songs but each release is super quality and they're taking Mm -hmm. a little bit more time with it to do the little appearances in between and really push the material and they're extending yeah Yeah. they're extending that time with that song but that's that's the critical part because again a song has to catch life you know what I mean? You can do all this other stuff, but it really, like, in the end, it's a song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, um, if you want to have a career, you got to find that song, and then you got to find the next one and the next one and the next one. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you become, you know, that one-hit wonder, you know, you, know, you get that rise, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out, like, how to, to recreate this magic again. That's why, like I said, we're looking for, like, I don't know. I'm looking for like a really like that, that guy, that girl, you know what I mean? That's that, that really has got it. And again, I think, you know, it's going to be young and it's going to be, think something new, think something like, you know, one of these new, one of these new artists could be, could be it, or it could be somebody that ain't even on the radar yet to just pop out. And find and find that right again that vibration because music was as well like i like what the girl lila did like some of the stuff has you know i hear more r&b mm-hmm. you know and I, I like hearing music get, i like hearing the music get pushed the lick over rhythms and like you know what i mean like we're gonna stay in this box right, right here right. obviously there's a rhythm 
there's a groove that that comes to to reggae music, comes to dancehall music. But I like to see it get pushed, pushed but not twisted. You know what I mean? Because I'm not with the you know whatever they want to call this stuff, trap dancehall. Like one one trap traps are music that was made so that old dudes like me can be like, yo, that ain't hip hop. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not. Like again, none of that stuff is all that dope. Yeah. So why are we following? You know what I mean? Why are we following stuff that's not that dope? Right. That's very. That's that's so trivial. And again, we're in this time. We don't hear nobody playing. Like, all of us listen to stuff. You know, different DJs on Instagram and see what know what's going on. We don't hear anybody playing that kind of music. Yeah. No. I mean, right. Like, so done. I mean, I live down in in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Okay. From the time that I lived in Jamaica in the '80s. I've been a hip hop mm-hmm. head, okay. Like before um, coming to Brooklyn, and yeah. really falling more in love with dance hall in Brooklyn. So you know, kind of flip flop what you would think logically. But I've been disenfranchised with hip hop for a very long time now. <laughs> yeah. So I know there's some movements. Some people, probably some older heads, are pushing for like hip hop reform. And you know, this being the Reggae Lover podcast, I'm kind of pushing for reggae reform as well. The music has to progress, but still respect the foundation. But you gotta, but you gotta progress. You gotta figure out. You gotta be innovative. We're in an innovative time. There's always been innovation until, like, you know, the last few years where I feel like <laughs> that's what happens when everybody sees every, every when everybody sees what everybody else is doing every day. Because mm-hmm. then you start, you know what I mean, like. Let's say going back. Let's go back into rooms. You know, since you guys talked about it, yeah, definitely relevant to what we're talking about now. Back in the day, when I was working with being like Beanie and trying and getting getting him going, there was no cell phones. You know what I mean? Like you had to like there was a focus that people had. You know what I mean? There was attention. You know, there's a thing in general. Like you have to find guy in the morning. Because if you don't, once you just touch the road, you're not going to find them again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, like, just getting back, like, I just think that, that where we are right now, with everybody knowing what everybody's doing all the time, it's harder to figure out who's who. Everyone's kind of eerily similar fashion-wise, um, imagery-wise, you know what I mean? And it's hard to figure out, like, who, who sparked it and who, who copied it. Because right. you know, like it's 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 hard. You know, yeah, it's, you're it's, right about that. Because like back in the day, it's like say a producer, he might have certain influences, but he's not seeing what's going on with his contemporaries until it comes nope. out. You know, I think about that when I um I think about when I watched uh, uh DJ Premier and RZA, you know, in okay. the verses, and you know I. I didn't realize the competition between them. You know, they're talking about seeing each other in the club and like, yo, I heard what you did here. And this yeah. was my answer to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To where it's like, you actually hear somebody come out with something and you're energized to go and, and one up it. Whereas yeah. now I think it's, I mean, I fell into this trap when I was trying to start learning how to produce. Well, Oh, I just want to make stuff like major laser. Cause I love them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I felt I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that. Until I realized, like, am I really being true to myself? I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to copy something that I like, 
but it's not what's coming out of my heart. So it's like, I see what you're saying with the technology. It's like, it's so available. You hear something today, somebody could go just download that song and re-engineer it, you know, reverse engineer it and just come out with some, the same thing. Put some some filters on it, whatever. And you've got, Oh yeah. I got, I got some technological things to where you don't even have to play instruments. You know, you could get MIDI tracks and change the instrumentation, all types of stuff. And, but that's what people are doing. Yeah, no, like I said, it's, it's, I think that's one of the challenges we have now. As I said, back in the day, you didn't, you didn't know, you found out about new songs yet in the club. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't like sending 15 second segments of songs to friends. Be like, yo, you hear this 15, like, you know, we were, we were in a nightclub. We saw people react to songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We saw, we saw the rare times that something got pulled up and the whole, like in the whole club, like flatline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, so you knew like, Oh, okay. This dude, he got, he found it. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew the song wasn't going to go away anytime soon. You know what I mean? Cause you start traveling and you know, with bus over here, you get over to Europe a little bit. And all of a sudden you start to see like, okay. Oh, they're like two months behind, but they, they aren't. Dude, you just reminded me of something. My my first year in college, I went to SUNY Albany, and uh, mm-hmm. Bobby Connors came up there to DJ. And yeah. you know, Bobby always he DJs everything. He was a house producer, you know what I'm saying. So he plays this track, and I'm like, yo, what the hell is this? And my boy's like, yo, that's Master P. About it, about it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the sound. Like, you imagine hearing that for the first time in a club. We we don't have that now. People are hearing things for the first time on TikTok and Instagram. Not even yeah. sonically, it's not even like you don't even have the relationship to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. I was ready to go out and buy everything Master P made after that night. We don't have those moments. Club was integral into breaking records. Yeah. Um, Next thing with back then, people didn't have a phone, so they were like listening to what you were playing. They were engaged mm-hmm. with the DJ. They're engaged with the sound system. You know what I'm saying? So there's that much more direct connection with the music um, as opposed to you go now. Even if some dope music is playing, do people even notice? Because they're on, they're live, they're snapping, they're on, you know, you know, everybody has a phone with a camera, which back then you had to be a, the photographer to have a camera. <laughs> yep. And everybody has a catalog of unlimited catalog of music once you have a Apple or Spotify account. So I'm, I'm getting an yeah. idea from this conversation. Maybe when we start throwing some parties, you know, do like Dave Chappelle does, you know, just have them lock up, <laughs> lock up their lock phones. Up their phone. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the strip club. No, that's so, that's the way. I mean, no, I'm no that's the way, that's the way to do it. You got to get people's attention. Like I said, right now, you know, we can, we, we, we we're talking about this thing, like where the, how the artists aren't feeling are, are, are kind of froze in a way. And again, it's not regular artists alone. It's it's you know, J. Cole came out with a song I think yesterday. Yeah. Where he's talking about he ain't as woke as you know what I mean? Like he's I mean, like like he has this image of he's a very socially conscious yeah. rapper. And he had to come out and be like, yo, don't look to me for the answer. You know what I mean? Wow. And I shouldn't even put it like that. He just didn't want like he felt he was feeling all this responsibility, so he had to say something about it. But well, he actually so people are reaching out to him like crazy, like yo, you're Jake. Yeah, where are you at yeah. on this? Yeah. 
Where's Kendrick? Right, exactly. Because those are the two that you think of right now. Where's Kendrick? Yeah. Even even a few days ago, we were having a conversation. And, um, you know, what I was about to say is even with the regular revival crew, you know, Leela, Protege, you know, um, Coffee and all of those people, even my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, okay, music sounds well. You guys have a good image and all. But what's your statement on this? You know what I'm saying? And, And tell you the truth, Chronics tried to come out with... So, like he he said something and mm-hmm. and i was surprised actually because a lot of people came at him you know oh, about the vaccine thing yeah 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 i i understand I, I understand i think we all understand it I, I understand that you know what i mean i wish he didn't speak, say anything about that though because now that puts the it, it puts a focus on him right like what are you gonna do because unfortunately all of us are having. All of us are going to be faced with some uncomfortable decisions going forward if we right. travel. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. so it's one of those things that like would have been better if you if you, if you chilled. Right, and, that, and to your that point, would, that's the world we're living in right now. That's yeah, that's the world we're living in. But I, I just, I mean, in fair, in one, in in, a, in fairness to Jamaica, and to the reggae acts, to to the reggae revival acts, all that stuff. Us living up here, especially, you know what I mean? You live in Brooklyn. Yeah. I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Kill it. I don't, I don't know how it is. I mean, I'm seeing only, I don't know how it is in Atlanta because I haven't touched base in Atlanta in, in a long time. But I can tell you, like, where I live right here in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, we are at, like, the epicenter of the protest movement out of Brooklyn. And you know what I mean? Like, every day in my neighborhood, people rolling through multiple times a day. You know what I mean? I've been going on like these bike ride protests a couple of days a week. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a ride tomorrow night. Yeah. Like I'm gonna ride like like five, six thousand bikers like just cruising through Brooklyn, through we checked down like the West Side Highway the other day. Like it's incredible like really incredible shit. So like the energy that we feel here, I'd be more looking for like the Brooklyn rappers because right. if you live in a neighborhood, you're supposed to really like I'm mean, Again, just thousands of people, maybe people out there I don't see, but I'm seeing, you know, I'm actually starting to see more of us out there, more, more black and brown people now than a week ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, which is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, like now that that fire is lit, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. now it's, now it's really on. Yeah, I think a lot of people were hesitant at first because, really? you know, the energy you know, you're trying to take the temperature. I mean, for your own safety, you know what I'm saying? We're going through a pandemic. And then not only that, you see the, 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 I guess the senseless violence of the police, you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people, including a lot of my friends that, you know, tell you the truth. I mean, we've survived a lot growing up in Brooklyn, but you know, it's not a comfortable thing standing in front of a whole bunch of NYPD with, with batons and yeah. And guns and all that. Guns and all that. Like, yeah, like, with qualified I mean, immunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, some of the, you know, some of these, what we call them now, allies. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the allies ain't really scared of none of that. I'm sitting there like, damn, I'm walking, I'm stepping in front of 200 NYPD with, with batons. All it takes is one to go wild. Right. Huh? Yeah. They, don't, they, don't, they don't have, they don't have those. That privilege. They don't, they, yeah. But you're you're right about us living up here. I mean, it's difficult. Like, I feel like, you know, me personally, there's a disconnect between what's going on up here for me 
and what's going yeah. on in, in, in Jamaica or the Caribbean as a whole. Big disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Big disconnect. We're, 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 which is why, again, maybe, maybe that's why, maybe it's a good thing guys are being quiet because they're really not in tune with what's, what with this reality that we're living right now. Right. They're and probably checking the temperature just like we're checking, checking the temperature. The temperature and, 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 you know, I mean, listen, there's, There'll be a place. There'll be a role to play, I guess. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. there's a role. There's a role to play. Like I said, everyone definitely is looking for inspiration. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And more. And and the music. Our music's always provided that kind of inspiration. So it'd be nice to see somebody really pop with some. So like I said, maybe Budge, you got it. Like I said earlier, you want? Do you guys want to talk about like the rooms, like what it was like back in the day? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, we had some incredible artists. I, like. I've seen Beanie Man do some things like I've seen Beanie Man walk into to a night, you know, these nightclubs in in the Bronx with like no stage and just not even singing songs, just be able to like rock like the hardest crowd you could ever imagine you have to rock. And these women are just losing their mind at like every little thing that, you know, that he does. Mm -hmm. I've also seen like it was one time, first time he played SOBs, he got some really bad news. So he was on the phone in my office, literally for, this has got to be winter time. So you know how winter time in New York, it gets dark about 4.30? Mm -hmm. I think he started his phone call, let's say about three. He was on the phone until like seven. Damn. Dark. Feeling it. Sad. And then I'm like, yo, how's this man going to go play tonight? And the man walked on stage in SLBs and delivered like one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Like, like fire, like, you know, like I said, like the level of talent, the level of, of mind mm -hmm. that, that he has and he still has. Like, that's why the, you know, that versus thing, I was like, yeah, that dude's always been entertaining, both of them. Like, I don't have, you know, I never worked directly with Bounty. I did go on a trip with Bounty one time. That was pretty funny. Went to Suriname. And it was one of these, it was, it was for Digicel. And we went, we went to Suriname. And the show was Tessan Chin, who I was managing at the time. Uh, Bounty and Elephant Man. Except Elephant Man, it was, it was over Thanksgiving weekend. And I think the show was like Saturday in Suriname. And Elephant Man didn't tell his manager, um, that he took a show in, in New York on Thursday. And I think he had one, yeah, he took one on like Wednesday, you know, th Thanksgiving Eve and Thanksgiving in, in New York. And he had to be in Suriname on like Saturday, which is not an easy run. Anyway, these dudes, like we get there from like, I think we left like for a show on Saturday. I think we left on like Thursday. And I'm watching, can't really name their names, but everybody kind of know who they are. <laughs> Elephant had two people that were, two people that were managing him basically, which one of them was also managing uh, Bounty. And in between the little island hopper flights, every, these two people are on their phone trying to find Elephant Man. Every time we have like 30 minutes on the ground in like, a, in, in like St. Lucia, then we get like another hour on the ground in Trinidad. And this dude, I don't know what happened, but. All I know is show started and he had not yet touched down <laughs> in, uh, in, in Serena. 
Yeah. Man had to fly like flew from New York to Saranac. I think he landed like eleven thirty. He played. He hit the stage about one thirty, and at four o'clock he was on a plate. We're all leaving Suriname to come right back. Damn. It was pretty funny because Dante was killing. Dante was screaming on his manager because he didn't know where you know where where Ellie was. Like just give him the hardest time. Like tell him like yo, you can't even leave your room. Yeah, some of these artists, man. Jeez, it takes a unique personality. You have to be able to deal with them. You know what I mean? You have to be able to like again like know when people are really really mad. Know when everything's joking because. And there's sometimes, you know, like I said, you have to be able to take it when it's your day to be the butt of the joke. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a different experience, especially dealing with, like I said, those, that generation of artists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's similar to dealing with that generation of selectors. <laughs> Khalil and I have talked about that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the selectors are, yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, what do you call it? Like a strange gentleman. They're very different. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody, everybody's got their unique little things hey they worked on these intricacies to 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 be you know to be like that you know but they've also again they come from an era where they had to go on stage play some music and either kill or be killed literally yeah because when when the momentum's going against them there's not a lot of saves it's just like yo if you don't save it quick by the time the momentum just get on you too much and you just can't get out. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, we sound like old people sometimes when we talk about these days, but I mean, clearly there's a distinction between those times and now to where, yeah. you know, there's a lower bar, uh, you know, um, when you're talking about the artists, I think about, you know, stories of difficult artists nowadays and it's, it's, it's different back then because you know, the level of talent you're dealing with. You know, yeah. these artists nowadays, it's like you're giving us this much trouble and you can't even perform correctly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. Like, it, like as a as a fan of the music, it's 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 disheartening. There's no apprenticeship aspect mm-hmm. of it. Sizzler went on tour for a year and a half before he hit. Man, no, he was on tour like two years before Crazy Ja hit. That's crazy. So he saw everything, yeah. you know what I mean? He had opportunity. And he, he also was that artist where, like, I remember when, he, when Crazy Jai hit, a bunch of people like, oh, I can't wait to see him. I was like, you can't wait to see him. I'm like, this is the same artist that every time Luciano played, you couldn't wait for him to get off the stage because you just want to see Lucian. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't, you didn't realize, like, we realized he was great. We were watching all these performances. When I say we, it's like, Fatist, myself, all the guys in Firehouse, like, We'd go, like, after shows, we'd be like, you know, Dean Frazier, we'd all be like, did you see what he did tonight? And we just laugh about it. And, like, like no one else in the audience really cared because he didn't have those songs, but we could see that. Like, that's the one artist that I knew, like, oh, this dude is different. And he had, like I said, he had two years of just being on stage, let alone the time, again, you know, when I met dude where he was, you know, counting records and, you know, counting records for fattest. Yeah. Making sure there's mm-hmm. 30... 30 30 uh, pieces of vinyl in a box. Like, you know, he, you know, he went through all these things for a long, long time, as opposed to, I think the quicker transition that, um, it's not even quicker. Cause again, everybody's, everybody have their struggle. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but it, it, it doesn't seem like that era where again, like 
guys had to get on stage before they had a big tune and and hold it even though people we don't know you know audience never has any patience for songs they don't know right you know what i mean like yeah. but that that grooming process that, it's not there. that grooming process is necessary like on the hip-hop side i remember seeing um most deaf from when most was like again like 17 18 years old coming on stage with de la soul with a, with he just had a these have these these pickets like a you know like a picket sign mm. we'd say like de la soul on it or whatever and we'd have to like be like yo come to the back of the stage because he'd be always in the front trying to rock and try to you know just rock with a picket sign <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. but all that stuff like you know you see the guy later you're like Okay, yeah, you were, you did that in enough shows. You saw everything that Dela did, so you're able to figure out. You're able to figure out who you are, and and we need we definitely need more of that. Yeah, we definitely need to. I don't know. There just has to be environments where people can do that. Yeah, and that's and and yeah. So again, I don't have the solution for how to create that particular environment because it just seemed like back in the day there was more there was more options to to develop um than there are right now it just yeah. seems like everybody everyone's like this is you know 20 artists with 20 different songs let's just get them on short bang 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 and just you know yeah it seems keep it hype, it hype, keep it hype and out. yeah it seems like protege is trying to get back to something like that you know i mean i know the criticism with Lila was she didn't have enough music out. You know, I've heard that criticism, but then it's kind of paying off a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but she's definitely always in the conversation, you know, as well would, as Naomi would, and the, the other artist acts as well. I would hope with that particular girl, cause I like what she's doing. I would hope that they have more, um, just takes, takes patience. Cause what happened is going back to the back of the day, back in the day without no YouTube, without, Instagram, no one saw and Spotify and all this, no one saw those numbers. They weren't so visible to, yeah. to, um, to people. And it seems like as much as people say it's not about the numbers, people really do look at hotness as, as like, oh, okay, like I kind of like this, but I don't see enough people liking it. So let me, let me just be quiet so I can co-sign later. Yeah. You know we, I mean? We've been trained so to I, do I, that. Yeah. So I just hope like, and, you know, I hope they have patience with her. Yeah, because this is this is not a great time to release music. <laughs> anyway, not at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so it's almost like whenever we get to that point where 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 it starts to transition to be a better time to to have people focus on your music. Hope they hope they still keep promote because you know if when I believe like I said I believe good songs will always rise to the top. It's just a matter of people putting the energy into them and putting putting that time and, and not getting discouraged because in a weekend it didn't get whatever number they hope to get 10 yeah. 20 100 a million in a week or whatever like it's all relative yeah yeah so it's you know like i said but she's in particular that one is, is dope like i like i like what she does yeah man i'm looking uh you know i like the ep she put out and i think that um you know, it it's a good representation of the possibilities from a Jamaican artist, you know what I'm saying, where you're not just like, yeah, I'm a reggae artist, you know? She's a, she's a Jamaican artist. She's an artist. She's an artist. 
Yeah, right. that's which is dope. Which is which is honestly what people want to see. People want to see an artist, and then all the, all the other things are part of your story. Mm-hmm. But they want to see an artist first. And, and like I said, I like plus selfishly, she's from Christiana, and my father's side of family's from Christiana. So. Okay, so yo, yeah. talk to us a little bit about your like you know your childhood and and the roots. I mean, I grew up. Always went to school here, but I was one of those kids that went to was in Jamaica every summer, Christmas, Easter. So like, half, you know, half my family on both mother and father's side are based in Jamaica, and the other half were were in New York originally, and now everybody's in Miami. I'm the only one that, that that stayed back in. I actually went to Miami first, and I came back, and honestly, almost everybody in my family, cousins, everybody is down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always grew up between both, um, which gave me a pers- which got me a perspective to do what I you know what I was able to do in in my career and continue to do now. Like, I always understood life in the first world and life in the in the third world. Mm-hmm. Always had a lot of exposure, and honestly, I've like was able to extend it to my daughter too. She didn't, my daughter didn't go, you know, two three times a year like I did as a kid, but I think my daughter has never spent more than two years not being in Jamaica, mm-hmm. um, which for me being a first generation of, you know, Jamaican parents living in America to have my kid like being second generation and still having, making, you know, creating an environment where she can have a connection um, where so many other people don't know, where, you know, they don't even know nothing about their grandparents, mm-hmm. let alone cousins and like, you know, like how we grew up, yeah, yeah. Where, 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 you know, your cousin's kids, is, you know what I mean? Those are your nieces and nephews too, and everybody grew up together. Right. So I always grew up between both, and, um, but, you know, fell in love with, basically fell in love with, like, nightlife early. So I was going to, like, a lot of clubs when I was 18, 19 in New York. And then that really brought me, I came to music to do hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was actually one of those guys, like, I came in to do hip-hop. And then, I was, uh, and then people realized that I was Jamaican, and then I got offered this opportunity to to interview at Island, and that's, that got me into like deep into working with Jamaican artists. Yeah. But then, you know, after about two years doing that, that I went back and started like I still kept true to hip hop. So like I've always kind of skirted. Um, I've always worked with both. You know what I mean? Like I love I love both forms of music. You know what I mean, and and, and um, yeah, it's like I said, both have inspired me. So I like to, I like to make sure that I keep keep that connection. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a good marriage. It's definitely a good marriage. Hip hop and reggae. I mean, cousins. You know. Yeah, for and especially for a guy like me who grew up in New York, like you know, a lot like those two worlds converge here. Yeah, you know, and and so I was always proud. Like you know what I mean. I was one of those kids that even when I was deep in hip hop, I always knew like which hip hop artists were Jamaican as opposed to which weren't, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, you know, back in the, like how we used to know everything about artists, who was from Brooklyn, who was from Bronx, who was from Queens. Right. And uh, yeah, like I said, just fortunate to get the opportunity to, as you said, to, to be in the room and, and do what I got to do to keep progressing the culture. Cause you know, that's what I've always tried to do. I've always tried to progress yeah, man. culture. So yeah, we're currently we're kind of getting out of lockdown right now. 
But um, so what's what's next for you, man? I know, I know, you know, I've gone to your 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 nights at yeah. uh, what's it the the uh, yeah. yeah 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 great great I mean, place. Right now, like, yeah. I mean, like, what's next is is um, like I said, this aspect of my life. I've got for the last couple of years. I kind of again, I kind of fell out of love with the road mm-hmm. and and fell back into my first love, which was like. I got into nightlife in New York. Um, and let's say I got an opportunity to like program um, two different nightclubs. And then now I get a chance. I've been doing the Seaport yeah. and, um, and Pier 17 and Pier A. So I do a lot more. It's funny. I, like, I do a lot more daytime until like the evening. Um, that's the best, like, man. Yeah, that's our yeah. age right there. That's perfect. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? I did like some nightclub stuff, you know, one or two nights, but I like, but as a bass, like I've been working, just get an opportunity to play music for New York and like try to, you know, in that, in that aspect, I try to play music and, and keep it true to the culture of New York. Yeah. So I watch all these, I don't know, I watch all these people come in and like, you know what I mean? Like try to play music like, like they're in Zara. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. the Zara playlist. So I'm like, that's not New York. Like, like New York does a certain, there's certain records, you know what I mean? There's reggae records, there's hip hop records, there's classics, there's Latin records. And there's, you know what I mean? There's stuff that we resonate with. So I try to mm-hmm. try to keep true to that in, in my job at the seaport. The, my other one is more of a I'm programming, a big um, bar. It's a restaurant as well, but it's like, you know, Irish American. So I, I try to play like the dopest bar music ever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You still involved with that. I remember that one club. I think I went to, I remember you mentioning it, but I don't think right. I went there when you were there. I know um, it was that thing. Oh, that's Derek Carroll? The, the one that you had the studio, it was like a studio. Yeah. Yeah. ENC studio. Yeah. I built a, I built a, uh, a studio that was, is it's a nightclub, but it had all the features of a studio. Yeah. Like we had Pro Tools in there. Had a nice Midas MR32 board in there, multiple cameras. So basically, I built like a, a boiler room. Right. Yeah, I went like there that was, on a random night for somebody's birthday, and I was like, "Yo, this is the joint that Neil was involved with, yeah, man." Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciated it because, like, I went in there and it was a good. It was definitely a good vibe. You know what I mean? I try to make the sound in there like I could, I could, bro. I couldn't have you come in there and be like, "Yo, Neil put the sound system in this room." And it sounded like crap. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Yeah, it had to like that thing had a that room has a thump. Like a lot of DJs, um, MoMA has become a friend, and Mo, Mo yeah. were like, he's like always asking me. He's like always asking me about that room because it's one of his favorite rooms to play in New York. Yeah, man. The, the, especially for DJs, like you walk into some spots and you know. You don't even have to write down the name. Sometimes you could just remember, like, okay, I'd like that spot. You yeah. know? Yeah. 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 But also, I mean, again, you DJ in the city, so you know. Some people just don't care. Yes, you know a lot I mean? of people. <laughs> like, like, like the stuff that people would like bug out and be like, "Oh my God, Neil! Like the monitor works." I'm like, "The monitor's supposed to work, right?" You know what I mean? Like these knobs, like, like it's not like this DJ equipment is not supposed to look like somebody's had Kentucky Fried Chicken like right before you played. Like, keep it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, keep it yeah. like it came out the box. Make everybody feel good. So yeah, people. I, I mean, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying that. Like I'm enjoying playing music, and I never thought I would get. 
I, I honestly, I wish like years ago I knew I'd get this much enjoyment out of DJ. Yeah. DJ, DJ to me is, is amazing. It's freeing. I can, you know, I have to be conscious of, of an audience, but at the same time, I can push the audience. Right. You know? Yeah. Trying to, trying to, trying to explore more of that, like pushing the audience as much as I can. And, and again, just trying to, trying to keep it dope and keep it true to what I remember New York to be, which again, I think from everything I've been hearing DJs play right now, it's, it's a good time. Like, you know what I mean? People start to appreciate the classics yeah. and like what they really, really love. And I think some of the more frivolous music is, we'll see if we just got to keep it dope. Keep yeah, that, definitely. Keep more frivolous music on the, on the sideline as long as possible. Yeah, know? man. Well, welcome to the DJ fraternity, man. I mean, so when this fr- yeah. quarantine first started, you know, I was doing like three, two to four hours just in my house. Like that's how much I needed oh. it you know mentally yeah. so I, I really understand what you're saying and you know i appreciate it and yo keep me you know informed of you know when this thing opens up what you're doing yes. you know what i'm saying especially on the daytime vibe anybody who knows me <laughs> love, <laughs> love the day drinking you know what i'm saying anytime you know anytime. I, yeah our, our our mutual friend you know walshi whenever he's in town and he's doing a day party you know that's not nah, thing hold on hold on but for him, I see you come out in the night once too, though, because you. No, I you, do. You don't miss, I do. You miss, you miss the nights, but yeah, they, they become long. They become long nights. See, the thing is, what people don't understand about me is when it comes to nightlife, I only go out for friends. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Like it's very rare that I go out just to like it has to be an an, an engagement for like friends, a birthday. You know, friend is in town DJing. You know what I'm saying? When Walsy's in town or or, or or G Brown or somebody like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I go check them. I guess you know you ain't here. You know that when I managed our food, G Brown was our DJ. Oh yeah, you know it's yeah. interesting. I mean, so all G Browns like oh I used to go to Europe all that stuff. Yeah, that was. It's me and G. Yo, let me ask you something. Do you know you know you know Rashidi? Yeah. Rashidi Rashid. Hendrix? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he yeah. he actually got, I think, G Brown on his first tour. Like, yo, the world is so small. It's so it's crazy. Just... Especially this this season of the, the show, like we're inviting a lot of our like friends and inner circle and stuff. And it's crazy because even even Chris, uh Jillionaire, right? Two of yeah. my friends from high school met him in Trinidad at Carnival. <laughs> and I end up meeting him later on in life, and it's like everybody's kind of connected. You know, I have so many of those stories talking about DJing. Like I remember when I was out in Japan, I, I've, I've relinked up with people I knew in Atlanta. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. Bobby came over to uh, to Okinawa when I was out there in the military, and I, I mentioned his days when he was DJing for Pat McKay. You know, what I'm saying yeah. there's a lot of like history here, man. So I'm glad that we could you know chop it up. And- oh man, it's you know it's. It's what we're supposed to be doing right now. You yeah, know what I mean? It's really, you know, we got to keep our, we got to keep focus on what's going to happen next, but also keep our spirit and energy up for what we got to do with it right now. Definitely, right. man. Right. And this, this, I find this a time inspired. It is. You know? it yeah. Is. I find this time inspired. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Well, wow. Appreciate the convo. You know what I'm saying? We definitely got to catch up, you know, outside of a loud environment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely kick it. Uh, appreciate it. And congratulations on everything, man. Like, I, you know, I've known you for a few years now. And, and every time I see you, it's always progressive. You know what I'm saying? 
trying, bro, trying to just yeah. keep fit. And you always keep the coolest fit. cat in the club, too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Nah, you you, yeah, got that, man. you got that title. Or our boy got that title because he got the mic. He's He's always doing his thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. And um, we'll thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you know, appreciate sharing with you guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Bless. Yeah, man. Neil Robertson. What a what a humble cat, yo. Real down to earth person, you know. And and right now, you know, he's he's. You know he's DJing as well. You know a man of many talents. DJing, you know, he, protesting. Yeah, protesting, doing doing a lot. So shout out to Neil. You know what I'm saying hopefully, you know we'll be graced with his presence again sometime on this show. Big up Neil, Brooklyn, stand up. Yeah, man, you are wherever you are in the world, and you want to know what the best of the best is. What's the cream of the crop that's gonna rise to the top? What you need to listen to this week right away so here's the tastemaker segment Agard, you got the floor brother you know shout out to tessellated artist who we just interviewed coming up later this season was introduced to this artist and listened to some of his stuff and i was like yo the youths you know what i'm saying are going in bad tessellated great artist out of jamaica but you know what i'm saying he makes music for the world so yo i'll just give that a shout out a little little preview if you guys want to check it out, his music, you know, so you can listen to our interview later on this season and see what's what. And we'll put a link to check out everything that we're bigging up in this segment in the show notes. So make sure that you log on to regulover.com. Also, this is not a tastemaker, but it's kind of interesting. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Left Side popped up on my on my feed. You know what I'm saying? He had a new song out. You know, big up to uh, left side, yo. What happened to left side and Esco? Where's Esco? Esco, where Uh, you at, bro? Esco has been gone a long time. It's been left side. And basically, this is the thing. So left side, I always like his music, but I always forget to mention him. So, yo, big up left side. And the reason why I'm bringing up left side is because he came out with a song a couple weeks ago. And I, I thought to myself, you know what, man? Left side is a solid artists that i never mentioned and the thing about left side is he makes all types of music he makes straight dance hall he makes edm you know what i'm saying all types of stuff but the reason why i'm bringing up left side right now is because an interesting thing happened this week so <laughs> takashi 69 i know i know where am i going with this came out with a song and you could edit this khalil called punani okay and everybody's like, yo, it sounds a lot like Left Side's song. Cause you know, Left Side had a very popular song called Punani. And like everybody's like, yo, Left Side, go get your money. You gotta sue this, that, and the other. And then Left Side, you know, a couple of days later had a screenshot of his text with Takashi. Basically, he he produced the song and basically wrote it, you know, for Takashi. So shout out to Left Side, always doing some different stuff, you know. I mean I'm not going to say what I want to say about the other artists, but yo, big up left side for always making those, those moves, man. You know what I'm saying? You always on my radar. Left side is almost always, you know, if I'm playing out a few different times in a month, I'm uh, most more than likely I'm going to play a left side track at some point. Congratulations to left side. I guess that deserves congratulations, right? 
yeah, man, it's placement, you know. Takashi, regardless if you like him or not, he's getting a lot of plays. He's getting a lot of plays. Ridiculous amount of views and billboard topping songs. It's crazy. Minanoa. Yeah, but that's all I'm going to say about that artist. But left side, big up itself. Business moves. I mean, some people are probably cursing them, but yo. Mm. It's a look. It's a look, still. It's a look. This week, I want to feature a few songs. First of all, I got the link from an artist that when I think of this artist, I automatically think reggae crooner. I think lovers rock. And when I checked out this new music, I was a little bit surprised. I was like, whoa, bro, this is like, this is, yo, high five, you know, this is great. Hezron is the name of the singer. Mm-hmm. And Hezron has made mostly hits in the Lovers Rock lane. But he's got a song out right now called Resilient. Okay. And it's a very powerful song in terms of lyrical content. For, mm-hmm. mo- you know, for the past couple of months, we've been balling for music to represent the times and music to be on the soundtrack of the revolution and this is this just happens to be one of those songs from an unlikely place so hezron resilient we're gonna put a link it's got a dope music video pretty deep you know what i'm saying and he's just talking about what's going on right now but if you listen to the song resilient basically don't worry about the down presses, don't worry about the haters, don't worry about the enemies, don't worry about the pitfalls. You know what I'm saying? No matter what happens to you, just be grateful, be wise, be inspired, be innovative, step up. You will prevail because you're resilient. So check out Resilient from Hezron. Next one that you need to check out this week, right away, click on the show notes at reggaelover.com for this episode. Click on the link. And that's Kabaka Pyramid's new single entitled Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a single off of the Divine Majesty Rhythm. It follows up Babylon Fallen from Kabaka, which was a tastemaker a couple of weeks ago. Energy mm-hmm. from Kabaka. Again, I mean, yo, it's just, yo, you can't miss it. You got to go check it out right away. This is the dude that's leading the way in terms of the lyrics, in terms of being associated with the reggae revival movement, but staying on... The reggae revival movement. Yes. Staying on the script, sticking to the movement and the mission. Love all your freestyles, bro. Shout out to Kabaka Pyramid every time, because I know you're inspiring a whole nother generation that's coming up behind you. So, yeah, you know what I mean? More on that later. But yeah, man. Energy is the new one. Make sure you check it. Yeah, big up that rhythm. It's mixing hip-hop and dancehall elements in, in a very good way. You know, the rhythm that we're talking about is called Divine Majesty. You could pull up the whole rhythm. It's, you know how we do in reggae music now? The whole rhythm is released as a compilation that you can download or stream, okay? So you can purchase this, or you can add this to your, your uh, personal music catalog or your playlist, or whichever platform. So Divine Majesty Rhythm features not only kabaka but one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven 
12 other artists on it. Loaded. One female, Daviana, and she's coming through with a Queen Africa kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? She don't have locks, but if you listen to her lyrics and delivery, kind of reminds you of Queen Africa. And she has a very poignant message speaking to both the ladies and the men out here, you know, hooking up on your on your uh, dating apps and stuff like that. That's what they do nowadays, right? Yeah, man. Nobody not link up in a dance and then think they know about it. Well, maybe not no, Jamaica man. still. Even post-COVID, you know, pre during COVID. I want to say post-COVID, but we can't really say post-COVID because we're not post-COVID. There's no such thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until we have like a really, really good vaccine. I'm not so down with the vaccine we're just in, life. We're just in the COVID era. It's just that's COVID. It, that's it. Okay, the yes. COVID era. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. The time, the time of COVID. Yeah, man. So you could check out a new artist from Tij- named Tajin. Never heard of this artist. Five Star Celestial. Never heard of this artist. I'm Marud Tufari. Never heard of this artist. Black Hero. I heard of Black Hero. He got a little buzz right now. Ras I. Never heard of him. Jealous. Never heard of him. Indy Allen. Never heard of. Royal Blue. Got a little buzz right now. Runkus. Huge buzz right now. Chronic Law. Massive right now. And also Kabaka Pyramid. Global. So it's on Israel Records, produced by Sonovic. It's the Divine Majesty Rhythm. What stands out about this rhythm, unfortunately, I can't say it's the rhythm itself, okay? Mm-hmm. But overall, the package, the compilation, there's a, a medley video that they have on YouTube that we'll put a link to in the show notes. Check that out. It's basically a nice little juggling. Where all the artists are featured, they're all together in the same compound on video. Everybody except for Chronic Law. Um, so the part with Chronic Law was filmed somewhere else, I guess in Mobe, <laughs> and they pieced it together. When I saw it, it reminded me almost of Protect Your Neck, Thirty Six Chambers album, you know Wu Tang, or um yeah. the scenario, you know what's the scenario when you had leaders of the new school with their four members plus Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest with their three members back in '93. So this took me back to 93, yo. Mostly Rasta artists. Not everybody is on the level of Kabaka Pyramid. But what I thought to myself was like, yo, Kabaka is inspiring a whole nother generation of cats that are coming Mm -hmm. up and paying attention to what's going on in the world and perfecting their craft lyrically and putting it in their music. Everybody with different styles. Liquid Swords. Yeah, I did uh, check out the video. I didn't get to pre it, you know, real, real um, closely. But uh, what came to mind was uh, like those BT freestyles. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that type of thing. Yeah, I got. I definitely have to go back and and check it out again. I I do remember the the rhythm, and I do remember some of the acts that um, were in the video. Yeah, man. So there you have it. Check out Tessellated, Tessellated, (laughs) Hezron. Resilient. Uh, oh yeah, I thought you were talking about <laughs> the left side thing. Oh yeah, yeah, left side. Um, yeah, Kabaka. Check out left side. The artist, not the song he just did with that other artist. Okay, go ahead. Hezron, resilient Kabaka pyramid energy, and the rest of the divine majesty rhythm. Reggae lover dot com. Now 
we're gonna do the sound clash update for this week it's just a short short and simple short and sweet yo shout out to team torment once again you know what i'm saying they're not paying me for this but i gotta i gotta give it a strength because yo every week it's like high quality stuff man so i uh i had to take my my car into the mechanic this weekend you know and i had a good three hour wait so I had my phone you know i was masked up I obviously had my phone had my my earbuds you know what I'm saying I turned on the Team Torment YouTube YouTube page, locked and loaded, and I gotta say it was very entertaining. You know, every Friday they're doing locked and loaded. You know, Team Torment. You could check it out on YouTube. You know, check it out on SoundCloud after the fact. Yo, shout out to Young Guns, originally out of uh, Trinidad and Tobago. You know, what I'm saying now they're representing Brooklyn. Definitely, you know, surprised everybody with, you know, what I'm saying the level of, of, of dubs and, and speech that they had. And I just want to say this locked and loaded thing, it's not even a clash. It's supposed to be just dub plate juggling. But last week, the words that were being flung, <laughs> dude, it was the best online clash I heard in a while. It wasn't, it wasn't even a clash. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Young Guns. They did their thing. Um, dude, uh, <sighs> Capricorn was in it. Uh, shout out to Capricorn. You know what I'm saying? I really liked their first round. You know, after that, mm, got, got a little bit of work to be done there. You know what I'm saying? Yo, so, it's, yeah, you know, Capricorn got the box, but, yo, selection, when it comes to, you know, Alpha Select, your box, a different thing that, you know, be. Yeah, big up, big up, Stitchy, because I've heard him a few times. I heard him when he went up to the Bronx and played with Addies. Um, I heard him when he went to California. You know, heard the audio. You know, Stitchy. You know, what I'm saying definitely a veteran in the game. Capricorn selector. You know, one of one of one of the executives, so to speak. You know, shout out to him. But you know, some of the other youths. You know, the MC. Yeah, good. Had some good chat, but yeah, gotta gotta study that box a little bit more. But yeah, shout out to Team Torment, you know, tracks, you know, King Feli Crew, Hyper Beige, uh, OGS Genesis, you know what I'm saying, King AP, Jinx, Randy, you know what I mean? Uh Blackheart. So I know I sound like a broken record, but I really appreciate these 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 weeks, man, because there's not much else coming out in terms of dub plate and the sound system thing, you know? Yeah, man. Yo, I had to listen back to that Poison Dart again. Yeah, man. That too. That Poison Dart. You know, I you know what? I'm not going to be I'm not going to lie. I haven't gotten to third gear yet. <laughs> Yo, the, Yo, the first interesting and, first and second gear, I keep rewinding first and second gear. When they get on the um the answer rhythm and all the bad word them start fling that's where I just kind of stop it, but I'm I'm gonna yeah. finish it, son. I mean, the interesting thing about that audio is I saw a post, um, and I mentioned this last time, but yeah, Jinx had mentioned that for anybody growing up in South Florida in that area, you know, Poison Art is definitely capable of much more than that. So that's that was literally what Kirky was saying. It's just warm up music. Is it's crazy? 
three yeah. hours of just like, and I, I believe Jinx when he says like they didn't really play anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's good piece of audio there. Yeah, it's crazy, yo. Um, Kirky C was talking about 2021, you know? Definitely would love to see Poison Dart with the right people behind the trigger finger, you know what I'm saying? Like, definitely yep. would love to see them in a real, um, real sound clash situation. Because they yeah. never really got the glory, you know what I'm saying? Like, we know... As um as connoisseurs of sounding, like we know it's a it's a it's a historical sound, it's a massive sound, it's a museum, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't really get the glory in terms of hoisting trophies, you know what I'm saying, and and and, and killing people around the world. Like that's what we would expect. That's what we would want to see. Yeah, they were always in a conversation, especially when Tarantula was still on the sound. Um they made it seem almost too easy. I remember watching, uh, I think it was Jamaica World Clash when Poison Out was on there. Mm. It was like the video and Tarantula. It was like both of them are so easy. Yeah, it's, it's you know, too passive, yo. Like they were laid yeah. back. Yeah, man. It's Every mix was perfect. The timing was perfect. You know, it's just it, they just made it look too easy. I would love to see like a a new a new selector with some not selector MC with energy. You know, what I'm saying alongside S class because I don't know if you notice even in the audio. You know, Kirky C was telling the, the new selector he wasn't he wasn't on S class level yet. Mm. She she's a bad selector, yo. She's a bad bad selector, yo. She got skills. Mm. definitely makes it look easy so i'd like to see you know an energetic new mc you know what i'm saying alongside her yo let's stop recording yo thanks everybody for listening i'm sorry <laughs> it's just yeah. i you know this this conversation would drag on forever and yes, I, you know yes. and i miss real sound clash you know what i'm saying so i don't want to get in my feelings too much because you start talking about what poison dart need and then i start thinking about <laughs> addies and then i start thinking about the next sound and the next sound so you know real quick before we leave i think mataron should try to avoid baby face or i should say lion face for a while i know? think mataron should avoid social media for a while yeah 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 <laughs> me too but i mean how else is he gonna get his tips you know anyway yeah good episode yeah man let's get out of here thank you to our listeners love you guys peace peace Reggae Lover Podcast was produced by Andres Agard and Aubrey Khalil Agard visit ReggaeLover.com for full show notes archives and more information if you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at reggaelover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. 
So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audiobook about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. 